Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. It's Rhonda, and we are going to talk today about branding. Now, many practitioners that I work with often have this concept about branding that just is, a you know, it's about a logo and I need my brand to look good. But there is a we're going to go a little bit deeper today and talk about how that can impact your business and your practice. So first, let's just kind of get really Let's let's just let's just give a high level overview. How about that? So branding is really the process, and this is an important distinction. It's the process of creating and managing the perception of your business in the minds of your audience. So in other words, what how are you managing? This is kind of think about it like outgoing. How are you managing your brand in the eyes of the public? So is your brand, you know, like Nike? Nike just has the swoosh. That's their brand. Okay, that's their brand. Now, our reputation is completely different, but their brand is the swoosh. And Starbucks brand is the little mermaidy person in the circle. That's their brand. Their branding is creating and managing the perception of their brand by their target audience. And that, as I mentioned, is very, very different than your reputation. Your reputation, on the other hand, is the perception that uh, b- that your audience has about your business. So Starbucks might maintain or manage a great brand, but their customer service might be horrible and their coffee might be horrible and their prices might be egregious for what you get. Not saying any of that's true or not true, but you get my point. It's the percept, your reputation is how people perceive you. Your brand is what you put out there to the public. So they're very different things. So we often think about branding without balancing that and thinking about reputation. So in today's podcast, I'm going to cover 10 ways to build your brand. And I'm also going to give you 10 ways, 10 things that will weaken your brand. So this concept, this concept of branding is really important because it has to represent your core values. So I don't know that we could probably define core values from a swoosh at Nike by just looking at it. But what we do know about Nike, if you and I were sitting across, um, you know, having a cup of coffee and I asked you, what does Nike represent? Whatever your answer is, that's their brand. So you might say athletes, you might say, you know, high level performance. That's what comes to my mind about Nike. Now, I've never read that, but I've seen it. I've seen it on the commercials and I've, you know, it's it's the, how we're programmed to think about Nike and their brand. So how are people programmed, quote, to think about you and your brand? So the branding is very, very important, but it cannot be exclusive to the reputation that you're trying to maintain. Another thing about branding that's important is branding has to be consistent. And I see this across social media channels, for example. So, or I mean, social media posts. So you might even have like your brand 
we'll just call you the swoosh chiropractor or this. We'll just use that as an example. Let's just say that your logo for your brand is black and white, but your social posts have blue and yellow and green and purple and all the things, and they don't even have your swoosh. This is a problem because everything that you put out in the world needs to be branded. Remember, branding is creating and managing the perception of your business in the mind of your audience. So just like Nike, just like Starbucks, I want to see your brand and recognize it. Now, there's a whole nother conversation that we could have about logos, et cetera. I see lots of practitioners in the wellness space use logos that have trees or use logos that aren't don't inherently mean anything. Or the logo is so busy with so many things that it doesn't, it's like it just sort of a blur. In my opinion, the simpler the logo, the better. What's the easiest way that you can distill down your logo? Some people even just use like for a wellness center, for example, they might just put you know, if it was like my friend, Don Sharnowski, his is, you know, let's say he has Sharnowski Wellness Center. His logo could be SWC. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. In fact, the simpler, the better, the more memorable, the better, right? I think Starbucks is probably the exception, but they've spent millions on building that brand. But that little mermaidy thing is quite complex, but everybody recognizes it. But they've spent millions and millions. We do not have those kinds of pockets. So remember that your branding, it represents your business and its core value. So Nike's core value is supporting those athletes, right? So what is your, what are your core values? Your branding also establishes credibility and it conveys confidence. Like if I know I'm going to buy a, tennis, a pair of tennis shoes, and they have the swoosh on them, I know the quality is going to be there because that's how Nike has branded itself. So you can see that branding goes a lot deeper than just having a logo. Again, it's about creating and managing the perception of your business in the eyes of your target market, your target audience, I mean. So a reputation, on the other hand, is how people talk about your business. What do they say about your wellness center? What do they say about you? Do they say that, yeah, you're just a whack em and crack em chiropractor. I go in, he never hardly talks to me. Crack, 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 I'm out the door. That's what you get at some of the like national chains maybe. But what do they say about you, about your practice? That reputation should match your brand. If a strong brand, we want to have a strong reputation. We don't want people talking smack about us behind our backs. And if they do, friend, then you need to up your game. So if you've got a bad review or reviews, or people aren't coming back, or you just have like a bad image or a bad rap in your area, time to do a little bit of uh, recon on that and get that turned around. So reputation, your reputation is really, I think, more of a byproduct of how you conduct your business. Did you get that? Your reputation is more of a byproduct or either way, good or bad, of how you conduct your business. But branding is more of an active strategy to influence how people perceive your business. Let me say that again. Reputation is more of a byproduct of how you conduct your business. In other words, are you providing great customer service? Or are you just not following up? Do you have, you know, poor hours? Are you grumpy? Is your waiting room bad, you know, outdated, whatever? 
That's reputation. That's about how you conduct your business. But branding is an active strategy, keyword, about how to influence people, how they're going to think and perceive your business from the outside looking in. So now let's talk about 10 things first. I'm going to give you the 10 bad news, 10 things that will definitely have a negative influence on your brand. In fact, these might even break your brand. One of them, number one, lack of consistency. This is lack of consistency on social media. In other words, you have red and purple and yellow and blue and green and all things on your social media, or do all your posts kind of have a consistent look and feel so that everybody, when they see your colors or they see your logo, they're like, oh, I know who that is. So lack of consistency. And it also can be consistency with just posting, consistency being online, consistency showing up, being on time. Okay, so lack of consistency in all areas of your business. Number two, lack of authenticity or transparency. This is a hard one for a lot of us because we don't really want to pull back the curtains. I don't, you know, I may not want to tell you that I had ice cream for dinner last night and that was all I had for dinner, which isn't true, but I may not want to tell you, but yet being inauthentic and pretending to be someone that you're not, or even being dishonest or trying to you know, fudge a little bit around the edges, it just damages the trust and credibility. People want to know that you're real and that you don't always eat great or you don't always exercise or you got mad at your kids. It makes you relatable. They don't look at you as being a superhuman weirdo. They want to see you as being a normal person. So a, a brand breaker, we'll call it, is lack of authenticity and transparency. The third one is simply negative customer experiences. So when you deliver poor customer experience, and by customer, I'm meaning patient or client, when you deliver that poor service to them, that doesn't take long, my friend, and that reputation spreads like a dirty sock smells. It's going to go far and quickly. And people are going to say, oh, you mean you had that? Oh, well, then I'll never go. And sadly, We love to tell the negative things. We love, by nature, we want to warn other people about something bad that might happen or could happen. That's just how we roll. And that's not a good thing. You want people to, what does your brand say? What do you want your reputation to say? A brand breaker is a negative customer experience because they will talk about it. So look at how you're providing the experience for your patients or clients that come into your office. What are you doing that's really giving them over-the-top exceptional experience that they are going to tell all their friends about because of the way that you treated them and made them feel? Another brand breaker is ignoring customer or patient feedback. Failing to take that feedback into account and consideration can make not only the patient feel very unimportant and disengaged, but it also could be really valuable feedback, even if it's painful, about something that you need to improve. Your patients may be complaining about your front desk person, but your front desk person is your cousin's wife and, you know, like, ah, they just need a job and they got two young kids and I just really want to help them. No, 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 no. Love that you want to help them. But listen here, this is your brand and your reputation on the line here. So if your patients are saying, I'm not digging her, time to get rid of her. This is not a charity organization. You are running a business and we have a brand to maintain and a reputation to maintain. Another brand breaker is being 
too salesy. In other words, you're just always trying to hawk and sell and upsell and downsell and all the things. Every time they come in, hey, do you need this? Do you need this? How about four more bottles of this supplement? Or how about you sign up for our this kind of thing? Or how about you sign up, buy a package of massages or buy this acupuncture duty thing? Whatever. If you're too salesy, that's definitely a brand breaker. People don't want that. What they want to know is they want to know that they can trust you, they can connect with you, and that you have their best interest in mind. Yeah, maybe all those products might help them. But listen, we got to provide value. We got to care and invest in the relationship. Once that's there, then they're more likely to trust us and do want to do business with us in the future. Another one is trying to be everywhere. Are you wanting to like be this next national superstar? So you're trying to post on Facebook and post on Instagram, and then you're over on LinkedIn and now you're on Pinterest because that's the new thing at the time of this recording anyway. Everybody's wanting to go over to Pinterest and then we got YouTube. And so then you want to be on YouTube well, when you try and be everywhere, it's kind of like trying to be the jack of all trades. You end up being the master of none because you try and be everywhere and then nothing gets tended to well. So better to choose one platform to focus on as far as online or one lead magnet or one sales funnel or one product that you really like to offer and promote. Do that one thing and do it really, really well. Otherwise, people get, if they get confused, they walk away. If there's too many choices, too many voices, people will shut down and they'll walk away. So a brand breaker is trying to be everywhere, do everything, and not have that one thing that you do well. Another brand breaker is not adapting to changes in the market. I, every once in a while, I'll come across someone who says, oh no, we don't use anything computerized in our, in our office. I'm like, well, and how well is that working out for you? Well, I'm slow and I don't have very many people. Everybody, look, you got to keep up with the tech, friend. And I don't want to hear it. I'm not techie. Yeah, you are. You can do it. You just believe in a lie and telling a lie about yourself that you're not techie. Listen, my grandma could figure out some of this tech. It's so simple. You just have to tell a different story. Don't get me on my soapbox about this because I get, I'll soapbox on you here in a sec. So you want to, Make sure that you keep your technology up, that you're using text messaging in your practice, that you're using email automations very well, that you're doing follow-up, you're sending out nurture emails, you're you know, using the tech, you keeping up with the market and what the market needs. And if you're just gonna like hand write out a, a super bill, not gonna work. All right, another brand breaker is not being different than your competitors. It's easy to be, a, I pick it on chiropractors today, but it's easy to be a chiropractor on the corner that's like, oh, I can fix anything. Just come to me. I'll fix anything. I'll fix your kids, your dog, your bird, your back. It's all the same to me. People are going to walk by and go, that guy crazy. Kids, bird, dog, back? Nope. Pass. They want to know who's the guy who can help me with pain. I have pain. You fix pain. You're my friend. So you want to differentiate. You want to stand out and be different from the other people around you. Because if you're just like everybody else, then you're going to blend into the crowd. You'll never stand out and no one's going to recognize your brand from anything. Then another one is not living your brand. So this is might be a little ouchy, but it's just know that it's just said in love. But listen, if you are, you know, talking about a health and wellness lifestyle, but yet 
your community can see you out at a restaurant and you've got uh, a supersized large pizza or you're eating at McDonald's, I don't think any of you are, but you're not doing what you're asking them to do, that's a deal breaker. I remember back in the day, I'm not proud of this, but this is a this is me being authentic. And y'all know, if you know me, you know, I'm I'm the most transparent, I'll tell you. But I remember back in the day, this was probably in maybe 2005 or so, um, I was about 35 or 40 pounds outside my target weight. And I knew that I was, but I wasn't really tending to my diet like I needed to. And I was had quite a bit of stress and I could use all that as an excuse. But basically, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter the excuses or the excuses. The fact is, it wasn't a priority to me. That's the truth. And I will never forget the day that my assistant came to me and said, I have something to say to you, and I don't want you to be hurt or offended, but I'm just relaying information that I think is going to be valuable to you. And I said, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm good to go. She said, this is the third person that has called and has canceled any follow-up appointments after they had come in for their new patient appointment because they said, I didn't look like I was following my own recommendations or some version of that. Basically, they said she's fat and she doesn't look like she's taking care of it, but yet she's asking us to fix our diet and it's clear that she's not fixing hers. Ouch. Ooh, like, whoo. Not only was that painful customer feedback, but it also was really in my face about me not living my brand. And so I had to kind of make some changes and I did. So that's a lot. And then number 10, brand breaker number 10 is not investing in your brand. So that's literally neglecting, not keeping your logo updated. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a practitioner website because I do website reviews for people. And I've gone to the website and their logo is about as outdated as it could be. Their picture on their website was from 25 years ago when they had a full head of hair. Now Joe, the chiropractor or Joe, the acupuncturist is half bald. So I go to the website. It's an old website, old, 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 been never touched. And all the pictures are outdated. The logo's outdated. All the things are outdated. The colors are outdated, all of it. And then I go in, I look this young strapping person on this website and I go in, the guys have dead, bald, fat, whatever maintain your brand, invest in your brand, get your website up, make sure your logo gets updated, your colors are updated, etc. So those are your brand breakers. Now, let's talk about how we're going to build your business brand. Ready? Number one, define your target audience. That goes without saying, if you've hung around me any amount of time, you know, I am an advocate of finding the person that you want to attract into your world. What, who are the people that you want to serve? So define your audience, know your customer well, know their pain points, know what they're frustrated with, and then understand and be able to deliver the solution. The second one is have what we call a universal value proposition. What is it that makes your different, your business different from your competitors? Do you add on a free massage for every you know, time they come in for an adjustment and you build that into the adjustment? Do you spend 30 minutes with the patient rather than 20, 15, 10, 5? What is it that makes you different? You can adjust your price accordingly if it's a time you know, versus price, but how are you different? How do you stand out in the market? What do you do that's unique to you that nobody else can compete with? Nobody. 
could be your unique personality. It could be the dog in your office that everybody loves. I've known lots of practitioners that have um, pets in their office and patients typically love them. You Number three, you want to create a strong identity. Develop that logo and color scheme that officially like, it's like, think about it, like putting your stamp on something, like putting a, like branding a cow. You branded it. You've, you've said, this is my identity. Get clear about your identity, create that visual identity and a color scheme that's easily recognizable so that people can start to say, oh, when I see that, I know that means X person down the street. Number four, please be consistent. Wherever you show up, whatever you do, make sure your stuff is branded. Make sure that your logo is on there. Your name is on there. Even if you don't have your logo, or maybe it's tiny down in the corner, the document that you prepare, the PDF should be at least have your colors on it. Like some little tiny thing that says, oh, hey, here's my branding over here tucked off to the side. Don't forget. Like my colors are blue and yellow. I love both of those colors. They make me so happy. So everything that I have is going to have some little hint of blue and yellow in it. Maybe a little gray and yellow, maybe a little gray and blue, but it's going to have blue and yellow in it because that's my colors and I love those colors. Maybe someday I'll update them. But for right now, I like them and they fit and they work for me. All right, next up, use social media. Use social media to reinforce your brand. Any, anyone that sees your brand on your social media account and yes, reaches down. Yes, you're not going to get seen by everyone. But listen, at some point, somebody's going to see you make your brand stand out and look good on social media. Next up is have a great website. Check your website. Ask someone, a friend maybe, that doesn't come and see you as a patient. But maybe they're just like an old college friend or a high school friend. Ask them to visit your website and give you feedback. Would they come to you if they went to your website? can't ask your spouse. You can't ask your kids because they'll lie to you every day, all day. Well, your spouse might not lie, but nonetheless, you want to get that feedback about your website. Does it need a facelift? Does it need some rebranding? And it might. So you want to get that website up and running. Next, build a network of like-minded people. Don't be a limited thinking practitioner where you think, oh no, I can't be friends with other chiropractors or other acupuncturists or other health coaches or other nutritionists because they might take my people. No, listen, can you serve everyone in your community? No, that means there's lots of room for all of you, but it also means that the people that up their game have a good brand, which is the reputation. That's the way the public perceives you. Is your brand and your reputation good, right? Out in the community, so that when someone has pain, they know that it can go to you. But when someone has, you know, uh, hormone problems, they know they go to someone else. This is perfect because it allows you to serve the people that you're really passionate about serving and something that you're good at. If mold is your jam, then be the mold person. If yeast is your jam, be the yeast. I don't care what it is. Just differentiate yourself. And that's how the power of networking works is that all the people in that network, they all have little different specialties. So find a local network, join professional associations, you know, like, um, what is it? BNI and some like chamber of commerce, whatever's active and working in your area, network with other business owners who share your same audience and then Go build a great, strong brand and ensure that you get a good reputation in the community. And then ask for feedback. Remember that feedback I got from the customer, Ugh, the patient, Ah, so painful. But 
you know, it was the thing that poked me like, um, like a bear and I was ready to make some changes because I needed to. So ask for customer feedback. What would they tell you? You can do this as a survey. You can just ask them one-on-one. If they like you and they don't want to hurt your feelings, then they may not tell you. But sometimes this is where a front desk person can come in really handy and they'll say, hey, listen, I want to ask you a question. Can you just give me some feedback about how your how your appointment was today? Is there anything that we could improve? And sometimes the patient will say, well, actually, yes. Every time I walk in that treatment room, it smells. And I don't know what the smell is, but it really, really bothers me. Well, you're used to it. The doc's used to it or the front desk person and you, the doc, you're used to it. So you think smell, what are you talking about? But listen, if that's what the patient says, then you got to find out what it is. Maybe it's mold. Maybe there's something growing underneath the cabinet or I don't know. But sometimes customer feedback can be really, really powerful. If you get it, even if it's painful, listen to it and then act on it. Two more. Number eight, create quality content. Please don't just borrow and steal from other people and then reshare, reshare, reshare. Remember, remember that your patients want to know you. They want to know what you think and what you feel and what you believe in. They don't want to just know, you know, what somebody else thinks and doing that once in a while is okay, but create content that really resonates with your brand. It resonates with your message and it's important and relevant to your target audience. You want to establish your brand as a thought leader in your industry. Don't be the guy who's just, you know, schlepping around and sharing other people's stuff. Create your own unique content. Make your own position about something. Like I, my position, my this is a line in the sand for me. Here it is. If you haven't heard me before, I hate functional medicine. Don't like what it stands for. But yet I would consider myself a functional medicine practitioner but I don't like what it stands for. I don't like the medical swing of functional medicine. I don't like it. So that's polarizing. Somebody else might say, oh, well, we can't listen to her talk anymore. She doesn't like it and she is one. Okay, fine. Then you didn't listen to what I was trying to say. Bye-bye, you're not my person. See, sometimes drawing a line in the sand and taking a stand about something. I'm also 100% against bioidentical hormones. Podcast coming up in two weeks about that, by the way. But I'm, I don't like them. There's one exception for me, but I don't like them. But that's not what everybody else says. So, okay, if you tend to be on my side of the fence on that, then you're going to polarize to me. And if you are not, then you're going to polarize away from me. That's okay. But rem- I'm collecting my people that believe the way that I believe and love the things that I love. And that's how we create and develop content that really resonates to our own audience. So find out what your avatar loves and then provide more of that. And then lastly, be authentic. This is a brand builder. Be authentic, be honest, be transparent. Don't try and be something that you're not. People will sniff through that in a New York second, my friend. Don't try and be something that you're not, but be genuinely who you are. Yes, I am sassy and mouthy and probably a little sarcastic with a lot of love sprinkled in. I can be a little salty sometimes, maybe a little crisp in my words sometimes, but my eyes will always say, I love you a thousand times over. And I can tell someone you are being dumb. What is wrong with you? With my eyes, it says, 
I love you so much. You're so cute, but like, geez, let's get this figured out. No one ever gets offended, but that's just who I am. And I have to be authentically me. So be authentically you. You don't have to be like me. You probably shouldn't be kind of crazy in this head, but be authentically you. That's what your patients, your ideal patients, that's what your community wants. They just want to know who you are and then let the ones that resonate with your message, with your personality, with your style of practice, they'll come find you. They will come find you. So there you go. That's what I got for you this week, friends. Thank you so much as always for listening. And I would love if this podcast has impacted you, if you would just do me a huge favor and leave a review, it does help, helps give me feedback. And I also love, love, love more than anything, knowing that it's making an impact in you as a clinician. And I'm helping you grow a more successful, scalable, profitable, super important practice because we can't make an impact. We can't move through the world if we're not profitable. And I think it's perfectly fine for healthcare practitioners to make money doing what they love. All right, friend, take care. I'll be back next week with more of the clinical entrepreneur. Bye for now. 